Welcome to episode 41 of The Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. So John, how you doing? Uh, still a little sick. Not as bad as I was last week, but I felt kind of dead yesterday. Oh yeah, I've come down with it too, but you look you looked a little rough yesterday at the unstable event. Yeah, I've, I powered through though. Yeah, you did it pretty good. So I want to talk about our, our unstable event, but first, shameless plug. So if you like other games, uh, me and John are actually doing a Pokemon Blue uh, randomizer race. Um, we just did our first legit uh, leg of that run. We're doing it in parts because I'm not sitting down and running five hours of a Pokemon game at one sitting because I don't have that time. Um, but if you want to check that out, uh, I have a link to the YouTube playlist on my Twitch channel, which is uh, twitch.tv slash beware llamas. So, uh, yeah, check that out if you want. Bonus points if you understand what he's referencing with his username. Yes. If you know what I'm referencing with my username, I will be incredibly impressed. Um, but... <laughs> yeah. So, the, the, yeah. Fir- the first part of the video is actually kind of entertaining. Because it's literally me having like a slow descent into like the realization that I screwed up and like being super like full of despair, not knowing what the hell I'm going to do, and then just coming out of nowhere. And there's a twist, we'll say that, yeah. It's great, (laughs) it's it was pretty good, like, yeah. (laughs) But so, yeah, yesterday I'm uh, we played in an unsealed event for Unstable. And I'm, uh, yeah, that was a good time. It was all right. I have no real complaints about it. You must be a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> to be fair, I was sick. <laughs> I know. I'm just ragging on you, but I had a good time. I thought it was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, you were very, very right that um, Gimme 5 is a great card. <laughs> um, I think the first time I used it, I gained 8 life. Uh and got a ton of high fives. I actually should have gained the 10 because people misread the card. Um, and then the second time I did it, I gained like 12 life or something like that. What did they What did they misread about it? Uh, so when they read it, they thought that only people in Silver Border Games, only their high fives counted. Oh, no. it's But but it's all high fives count, but people in Silver Border Games get a, extra, get a life if they high five you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super so. entertaining because I I I confused one of my opponents after you cast the second one because he like attacked me again with a one one flyer and I'm like all right I'll go to go to nineteen he's just like did I attack you twice I'm like yeah I gained a life when he high fived me he's like oh why didn't he offer me one I'm like because you were reading X yeah he was reading a card at the time <laughs> and I just didn't want to like interrupt him yeah. although although I did consider being I I didn't know if like you would be mad or anything, but I was going to, um, uh, when he was like, he had one of his clones on the battlefield that you have to represent with a hand. Yep. I was going to be like, I was going to be like, activate that clone machine. I'll be your hand and play my game at the same time. <laughs> I wouldn't have cared. It would have been entertaining. Yeah, I know. I, I try. So I went <laughs> like, I went one and two at the event. And as far as I'm concerned, I won. <laughs> um, because I had a, a, damn blast and i'm pretty sure i got more into it than a lot of the people there um but man that whole thing was just i had such a good time with it 
give me five was a sweet card. I actually really enjoyed playing Hangman. Um, I got that card, and that was super, super fun and created some fun stuff. Um, and uh, Entirely Normal Armchair, I actually had that in my deck. I actually sleeved up two decks. <laughs> and so game one, I played with one, and game two, I played with the other, and then I decided, I audible game three. I only got to one game three. Um, but um, I, in one of the decks, I played Entirely Normal Armchair, and I think every single game, I got somebody with it. Um, but I don't know. It was fun. I don't know. That card wasn't as trolly as I thought it would be. There was actually a super entertaining point where um, I wound up losing the match, but it was like game two, and I actually I I my opponent apparently like put one down, but he like when he placed it, he did it wrong. Where like he actually he played it at the same time he played his land. Yeah, but it was off kilter, so you could actually see it underneath the land. But oh, he didn't funny. want to mess with it because he didn't want to like draw attention yep. to the fact that he had it there. But I had him dead without it anyway, so I never actually needed to attack him. But <laughs> funny. he was like, he was really hoping I would just get greedy and try and kill him or something. But oh man, yeah, like that card was was fun because you're like being super careful about like because that's that's the way you do it is you hide it under your lands usually. Yeah. And so, like, I was super careful about, like, how I set my lands down, like, when I did that and stuff. And, um, yeah, and, and Wizards basically screwed us with um, uh, having, like, alternates of all these cards yeah, <laughs> that we picked, basically. Um, we're all super, like, rude and shit. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Night of the Kitchen Sink, I got that one with the protection from even collector numbers, and that saved my butt for a lot of times, like... Just it just held like everything at bay. <laughs> that is a surprisingly powerful card. Like there's a lot of actually really yeah. cool stuff in this set, but this set has so many cool things that like um you don't realize until you're playing it. Like this the power level of this set is bonkers. Yeah, like I I'm not gonna like lie. I was actually very, very boring in this in the regards because like I didn't have I didn't have enough cards since we did seal to like yeah. play. I I opened a Hammerfest Boomtacular and I had three oh, cards oh, with, that, oh. with that watermark in it. So it's like, well, shit. I don't even have enough to play the one card I want to play. And like, I had like no green. I wanted to just playing like this blue black good stuff flyers deck. And I feel uh -huh. kind of bad for it because you know I'm not doing anything like super insane. But um, something that was really entertaining was I played the the four one so the head saucer. Oh, you did. And my like, I killed my opponent's creature, and like my head's on the table. And he's like, he's like, you know, on one hand, like I want to kill it, but on the other hand, I really want you to be forced to keep playing with your head on the table. <laughs> and so like, he's like, so he chooses to enchant it with magic word, and he's like, the magic word is whatever. And I'm just like, all right. And I just lift my head off the table and sacrifice the saucer. He's like, oh, I forgot you could do that. Like, yeah <laughs> yeah it was uh man it was a good time i'm super glad i played it i'm picking up a box we're gonna do a phantom draft um the the set's pretty legit like it actually plays really well yeah uh, which i'm super glad um i got ineffable blessing uh the one that is uh you choose a number and creatures that enter the battlefield under your control with exactly that many words in their name uh you get to draw a card. And so I picked two and like everything in the set has like two, two words for a name. Yeah. 
just awesome. Like I just like drawing cards like crazy, and oh, it felt so good. But I will. I lost the I lost the game, but I uh, was able to incite insight for eight, which is the assemble X contraptions, and assembled every single contraption I had. <laughs> but yeah, I lost that game because I was just dead, anyways. I will say the most flavorful thing I saw was I had that that 3-3 three, three for 5 vampire with flying that if it's dark outside gets plus 2, plus 2 in death touch. Which is super good. That card is not reasonable if you live in the northern hemisphere in winter. Yeah. Because that card is 100% always a 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, <laughs> but, basically. Um, my opponent cast uh, the secret word on it, and he's like, uh, the chosen word is garlic. So every time he whispered garlic, I had to tap my vampire. Oh, love it. <laughs> Which, that was pretty sweet, actually. I, I gotta give him props for that. Mad props for that. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Super fun set. Really enjoyed it. I can't wait to play some more of it. Some Well, we're gonna do some drafts or something, some phantom drafts. Um, but, yeah, so, cool. You have any other thoughts on that? No, like yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of it. I I feel it it definitely felt like it's the kind of set that drafts much better than it seals. Yeah. So or that makes no sense whatsoever. But I'm it made sense to I'm me. Addled right now, so that's how good. <laughs> um, okay. yeah, I so I wish I would have felt good enough to go draft again tonight, but oh well. We'll do something at my place, John. And we will go absolutely apeshit. It'll be great. Yep. So. Now that we're done with the fun part of the podcast, um, On to we're going to we're gonna get to our main topic. And, and this this may be dry, but I feel like this is relatively worthwhile to talk about. So um, we're going to talk about collection management today. Uh, and all the time on Reddit, I see people ask about how people store their collections and, blah, 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 and how they keep track of things. And I'm like, you know what? This is... I, I put a lot of time and effort into how I store my stuff, even though like right now I'm looking around and I have boxes of stuff sitting all over and like a bunch of cards on my desk and cards on the floor and everything. But you're you know, probably still better than I am. Like once every couple months, I'll actually like, you know, start cleaning off my desk. But even when my desk is clean, I probably have like, oh God, that has to be like, I probably have, like, 500 cards on my desk when it's clean. Yeah, I believe you. Like, when it's not, like, and this is, these are 500 cards that I care about on my desk. Yeah. Like, I have, my Fulminator Mages are sitting right over next to me right now. And, like, when I'm not keeping my desk clean, I probably go into, like, the thousands. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I'm terrible about this. But... But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that it's like, you get all these cards, and you have all this stuff, and it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do with it? So, I just figured I'd take a little time today, we can share some of the, the stuff we do, and uh, things we've heard of, and all that stuff, and kind of kind of go down that road. So, um, I guess the first step in this whole entire process, when you're figuring all this out, is what are you trying to do with your cards? Like, what is, what is your end goal? Because so, so I tend to do a lot more collecting. Um, I do, I do deck build and things like that. Um, sell and trade very few cards, but 
you know, I tend to be more on the collecting end of stuff. And John, you're very much on the deck building end of stuff. Yeah, I my goal when for keeping my cards organized is purely from the aspect of, you know, I want to be able to find the cards I need when I need them. Yep. And I think we all kind of have that to some degree, but yours is very focused on, it's like, I'm building a deck, I need to get the cards, this is how I can do it in an efficient way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and your goal may be, you know, if you're selling cards, that's going to be a completely different thing. Um, if you're, I mean, you may just be somebody who's like, gosh, I got a bunch of cards together. I really am not, don't have a goal with them, but I just want to keep all my shit together in a reasonable way. And that's totally fine too. Um, but I think the first, first thing is to really identify what, what do you want to do with all this? But yeah. So, so once you have that figured out, I think, so the next thing is physically storing your cards and this is i think where we run into a lot a lot of the problems and a lot of this is going to kind of tie together because you have to worry about storing the cards and then tracking the cards and there's there's a lot that goes on there but so physical storage is i think where people tend to differ the most out of anything um so john why don't you i i think your system is a little simpler than mine so um so you focus on deck building. So how do you organize your cards? Um, I <laughs> the the most important thing for me when it comes to actually organizing my um, I I basically keep play sets of cards that I think are worth keeping play sets of. Um, it's a little bit different based on the format, which is kind of weird. Like I have a box sitting next to my um, desktop that has cards that are legal in standard that I think are worth, like rares and um, certain uncommons that are, I think that are going to be like format stables. And mm-hmm. I have at least a play set of anything that I think I might wind up playing. And that's all sitting. All of the, each play set is inside a penny sleeve and all those penny sleeves are in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back further in formats like modern or legacy and even some standard cards that are breakout in the sense that you know i know for a fact that fatal push is legacy and modern playable because yeah it is Um, (laughs) so those actually get upgraded to where i have um this big tote bag that is full of 950 count boxes or 550 depending on the number of each thing I have placed in each of those boxes has, you know, multicolored lands, um, blue, red, black, white, green, or artifact written on it. Mm-hmm. And I have the same playset thing in there where it's, you know, I, each playset is in a penny sleeve. And then, um, when I first sort it, I keep them sorted by card type, but after a certain amount of time, I stop keeping track of that. <laughs> You know, so, like, if you were to look in, like, my green, which I rarely play, it would be organized by um, creature, instant sorcery, enchantment, and, you know, I have my, any specifically color, um, color identity artifacts, so, like, you know, I have my Bows of Night Leah, and I have my um, Birthing Pods also in the back of that. And those are organized in that sense. And then on the ver- the very first thing you see if you open any of those boxes is any is the penny sleeves of partial play sets of stuff that I'm using. Like, say if I'm only running yeah. three abrupt decay, 
I have the I have the last abrupt case sitting on top, so I know where it is, so I can put everything away easier. And I then, do something very similar, yeah. Yeah, and then for um, specifically commons and uncommons that only see play in standard, I actually have a drawer in my desk that has these little <laughs> plastic um, baskets, and sitting inside those baskets is a bunch of commons and uncommons. That you know, I I build up as I crack packs and boxes and stuff. So if I ever need, you know, like if I ever for some reason need a submerged boneyard, I have my submerged boneyard sitting in my desk right next to me, so I don't have to go through my actual bulk for them. Yeah, and we'll be getting to bulk and everything like that. But I mean, like, you know, that's that's a definite step up from a shoebox that you just throw all your stuff into. <laughs> yeah, like the like. I have an extremely chaotic-looking system, but I very clearly have a system, and if I need a card, I know where to find it, right? I mean, I've had to go into your system to pick up cards. Yeah. And it made sense to me, so that's at least some slight victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, so my, my bent is a little more towards the collection edge of things. Um, I tend to collect... So sets that are in standard or have, that I've been playing with that have kind of gone through uh, when I was kind of playing around that standard. Um, I have a lot more of a collection of, so, um, so what I actually do is I try to collect a um, common uncommon play set for uh, every set that I've been playing with. And I'm working backwards on that. Um, so, I actually have um, the 900 count long boxes, the BCW long boxes, um, and each one of those uh, contains one set. Um, I actually just found that I can, when the, with the small sets, for sets that had two small sets, you can fit two of those sets into one of those boxes, um, which is really nice. So you can kind of put a divider in the middle and just do that. Um, but then I do the same thing. I put a play set inside a single penny sleeve um, and that is ordered by collector number. And then at the end, I collect, uh, just for consistency's sake, four of each land and one of each token. Uh, and then those, so those are all collected in there, closed up. Um, if there's any rares, I keep all tuck them in there too. Uh, usually I tend to sell off rares or something, but if it's like bulk that I haven't gotten rid of or anything in a certain amount of time that I know I'm never going to trade. I'll just stick it in there. Um, so once I get those together, um, I actually have, uh, so BCW, the company that makes the long boxes has something called a, uh, uh, what was it called? I think it was a BCW like long box home or something like that. Uh, but basically it's just like a cardboard, uh, three tall by four wide, uh, like cubby thing and you can put them in put the boxes in there and so i have those where i i slide those in there and then on the end of the long box i have actually have a picture of the set symbol taped to it uh so I, if i need something from a specific set and i've had to do this for you a few times john you're like i need this random card for, i think it was like gnaw to the bone or something like that you're like i could dig through all my bulk and try to find this or i could ask fletcher yeah um <laughs> and so i just go over to my my innistrad box pull up my innistrad box go to exactly where it should be because it's organized by collector number and pull it out. Yeah, and I have it right there. It's actually super useful for me in that regard because, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, a couple of years ago, I let you go through all my bulk and yep. 
you're like you, you wanted to go through it because you wanted to finish up your you know your play sets of random comms and uncommons and i'm like yeah. you're, you know go ham so it's like there's a chance that you would have taken cards that i would be looking for so there wouldn't be any yep. other anyways so it's like the odds are if i need a card you have it like yeah, i might have it me. i might have it but the but you know you probably like if i if you don't have it the odds are i'm not going to either yeah exactly and that you know that's another thing we'll hit in a second here about tracking those and everything but yeah, so that's how I have all that stuff organized. But um, I also have a playset box, but because I play so much less and have so many fewer like good cards than John, um, I so I actually have a fat pack box that's actually getting full now. I feel pretty special. Um, I'm gonna have to upgrade to a long box probably. That it has my playsets and I have it organized by color. Um, all the playsets go into a penny sleeve together. Um, and then in the front of that box, I actually have a, I actually have a couple dividers. I have a divider for lands in the back, and then divider where in the very front I put um, uh, my cards that I have. Like, oh, I had to use you know two of this card, so I put the the extra ones right in the front so I can put them back when I need to and everything. Man, I remember when I used to be able to keep my play sets in only three in only three five fifty count boxes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> shut up <laughs> um, but so i mean you can see how how much it differs between you know what what our goals are like you know you have a very specific focus with what you're doing with your stuff whereas mine i have to scale it up so much um the nice thing about this is the cost is actually relatively reasonable um because like a long box is like five bucks and then you can get uh enough penny sleeves to fill an entire set for like three bucks or something like that. Well, an actual, a long box is only like two bucks. It's the 5,000 oh, it? boxes that are five. Oh, I'm thinking about the wrong ones then. Yeah. yeah so they're, it's like, it costs you like five, six bucks to do an entire set basically. Mm. Um, and that's economical because so in the, back in the day, I actually did binders. Um, and I found I didn't like that one. It was far more expensive Mm -hmm. uh, binder binder pages are significantly more expensive um and also i found that binder pages uh tend to warp cards if you use a three ring binder well it's not the binder pages that are doing it it's, it's the it's binder the, it's itself. the rings yeah the binder yeah. it's the, the way the binders are built they tend to do that if you have large amounts in there so i have a few binders that i have like you know like I don't have a ton of cards from Homelands or whatever, so um, I have a binder that has like old cards that are just in pages there that I'm holding on to, you know. So I do use a few binders, but most of my stuff is long boxes because I think those actually keep the cards safer. Yeah, um, binders are nice if you're a collector. If your goal is basically to just like you need to you can't do it with you know large binders they all have to be small and th those are usually for you want those if you're the kind of person who doesn't collect necessarily play sets you usually collect like one of each and stuff like that yeah and your goal is to basically look at them commonly like maybe you randomly mm -hmm. enjoy going through your play sets of homeland stuff right or yeah. maybe, maybe you're someone who likes to you know show your collection to people like a binder collection looks nice Mm -hmm. it just yeah 
it's not it's not you don't do a binder collection if you're someone who has a large collection yeah it, it is expensive like um I, the three ring binders i'm not super big into as i said for for the various reasons i find them a little cumbersome the nice thing is they're extensible you can make them bigger and smaller um but like the ultra pro style binders like that don't have like um that are just like the card card sleeve binders mm -hmm. um those things are really awesome um i have one that i use just for my collection um and it's of because i collect griffins and so i just put those card like it basically just as those cards and some other stuff i want to show off in there um i think my because i collected the entire set of cards from mirage that had the flavor text from the love song of night and day. Hmm. And that's like another thing I like another collection I have. And that's basically what it's for is for showing off. Yeah. That, that is also something that I have where I don't really collect to the degree that Fletcher does, but um, I own almost one of every planeswalker art and I have my collection of foil goblins. Mm -hmm. And I also collect any promos that I've won from either FNM or anything like that. Trophies. Yeah, like the, you know my, what amounts to my trophies outside of my playmats, and I also have those inside. You know, one of them. I think both are in. I it's two different types of Ultra Pro um, yeah. binders. One of them's leather. One of them's plastic. But you know, those are very good for just like you know individual cards that you are either collecting and stuff like that and i also have two smaller um binders actually that are basically random cards that strike my fancy um, <laughs> all they are is they're they're side by sides where each page can only hold two magic cards yeah i've seen those ones and you know one of those is um it all it is is a bunch of mirrored cards so, like, I have my Knight of Chaos and Knight of Law in foil, and, you know, they're on opposite sides facing each other. And I have, like, it's a bunch of random things like that. Like, I have, you know, one of each of the base five-color gods from Theros, and then their um, their weapon is on the other side of them, and things like that. And, you know, it's... And then the other binder is just random little cards that make me giggle, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> hey, dude, I... Yeah, I got those, too. <laughs> yeah, like, I... Like, one of them... Like, one of them is uh, Charging Badger, because Badger is, like, my favorite animal, because they're insane. Yeah. And the other one, like, another one is, um, I think it's Dagger Tooth, ba Tooth Basilisk that I have in foil, because the flavor text is great. Like, it's one of the best, I'm going to look it up real quick. There it is. Oh, Dagger Back Basilisk, sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, it is from... I want to say that's Rise of the Eldrazi, but I could be wrong. Um, yes, yeah, no, no, this is Rise of the Eldrazi. So okay. it's a 2-2 two, two for 3 in green with Death Touch. That's all it is. Like, this card is boring, right? But the flavor text just is, like, a, a knock out of the park. Uh, petrifying, petrifying Gaze, Deadly Fangs, Knife-like Dorsal Spines, Venomous Saliva. Am I missing anything? Toxic bones? Seriously? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right, this is reasonable, I guess. Oh <laughs> uh, <And>, yeah. <laughs> so it's you know, it's random little things like that that I just find unreasonably entertaining. So yeah. they get a, they get a pass. Mm -hmm. 
So, so that's that's binders. Um, <laughs> the uh, the other thing I want to make a mention of is uh, fat pack boxes or bundle boxes, whatever they're called now. Um, be careful if you're storing stuff in those. Uh, I tend to store, use them to store like really small or incomplete sets that I'm working on, and the f- each end the cardboard kind of overlaps a little bit and you can really mess up cards if you aren't careful when you're putting stuff to uh putting the lid on yeah i've actually ruined cards by doing that because like i close it and like the cards shift a little like if the yep. if the box is packed full where the cards can't shift this isn't a problem if the yep, it's if, a, yeah if the box is like barely full where the cards actually lay down this isn't a problem the problem is when the box is like middly full yeah where like it will literally like scrape and chip off like the tops of the cards and it'll it'll bend it i have i have some where it's like crumpled the sleeve and stuff and yeah like it's it's it feels really bad when that happens to your cards. So, so my my trick for do it for putting the lid on those without causing problems is um slowly slowly put the lid on as you're shaking the box back and forth. Yep, that is an, exactly what I do also. Yep, and, and that and that'll do it. it. It shifts the cards enough, and yeah, just do it slowly if you feel resistance. Stop, but um, just be careful with those. I don't want people ruining cards and stuff because that makes me sad. Because, yeah, um, I mean, if it's a card that you think is worth putting in a fat pack box to take care of it, you don't want to accidentally, you know, make the card go from, you know, collector's item to heavily played. Yeah, or to playable error. to not played if you crease it. Yeah. Like, that would be really crappy, especially if it's a card you play. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, um, so, one of the other, like, physical storage things to consider is bulk. <laughs> I mean, you know, I said I have play sets of a lot of cards. Like, I try to collect place common, uncommon play sets of sets. Um, I only need four of a card, that means. And there's a lot of times where I'll have like 10 there's... to 12 extra of a specific card. Um, yeah. So I think me and you have the same kind of way of storing stuff, John, which is basically get the biggest box you can buy and throw it in there. Yeah, um, um, we actually we actually use the boxes that are slotted and stuff. So stuff sits in there. But I mean, if you're one of those, if you're a heathen, you could just grab a copy paper box and start throwing cards in there. I I have heard of people doing that. Yep. And um, you disgust me as a person. I just I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I if if you're somebody who has a lot of bulk like that, and it's all sitting in a copy paper box get in touch with me. I will find it a good home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... I mean, Cause part of it too is it's like, so I actually sort my bulk a little bit. I sort it by set. Um, I actually had it all. I actually had my bulk all sorted alphabetically by card name for a while. Um, and I actually still have that box layout uh, from when I did it a little bit, uh, but I haven't been putting stuff back into it. So um I was I was absolutely batshit at it one time. Um, well, okay, I still am, but yeah, um, that, that's a slightly different degree of insanity, though. Yeah, um, but even just having it roughly sorted out, um, because what I I'll, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just make really like decks of the commons and uncommons. And I, uh, my my brother for a while had a magic club at the school he was interning at, or student teaching at, or whatever the hell it's called. Um, 
And so I gave him a bunch of decks that he could just give to the kids to keep. Um, so I do a lot of like things like that with my bulk or um, I do sell some of it, but so infre- like so infrequently because it's really just not worth the time messing around with it. But It's not yeah. worth shipping, you know, a hundred play sets of a random uncommon to have a net profit of 25 cents. I mean, I've done it. <laughs> but it's you a nice know, hobby. <laughs> I, I, and I will. I do have to qualify with this. It's like a system will only work if you put the time and effort in and want to do it. I enjoy doing this. This is like fun for me, mm-hmm. and you hate doing it. <laughs> so you do passion. exactly yes. So you do exactly what you need to do to make it work. Yeah. It. I had to force myself to go on a hiatus from playing in Magic tournaments mm-hmm. to motivate myself to finally finish organizing my playsets because my playsets had gotten so uncontrollable. Yeah. And that's and, the thing. is like you put the time in and you get it done, and now it saves you time, and you just have to maintain, but it's just getting that first go is just tough. Yeah, it was. it's so miserable. I did not enjoy it, and like I kind of cheated a few times. Where it's like, well, drafting doesn't affect my playset boxes. This is fine, right, guys? Right, guys. Yeah. And yeah. see, I I like doing it. I can sit and sort cards for for a long time. Like I just I just really like it. So yeah. Um, that, but so part of it all, is finding a system that works for you. Yeah, I was say that's also just my playset. It's not my actual yeah. bulk. Which, oh yeah, and that's why I sorted a lot of stuff. Yeah. I know we had a we had a slight discussion for a while where there was talk about me bringing all my bulk over. You sort it in such a manner that makes it seem somewhat reasonable, and as payment, you get to take as much as you want of it for yourself. Hey man, I'm still ga- I'm still game for that. Yeah, the problem is at this point, my bulk is up to the middle of my chest in five thousand count boxes. Yeah. I, I'm still game, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if my car's suspension can handle hauling that over. I'll take a, make a couple trips then. <laughs> like, I'll drive my I'll drive my car over and we'll put it together. We just got to sneak it in so my wife doesn't see it because oh. she would murder me if I had. Oh yeah, I remember the one time I brought it up and she just like looks. She gives me like the look of death, and then she turns and looks at you, and I can only imagine the look you were getting. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> pretty nice, but like I I already kind of enable you to a degree, so I get a couple looks from her as it is. But you're the one who actually receives the beatings. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, um, I guess with bulk, the the last thing I would do is like there's you know there's not a good way to store it. Um, the one thing I just would want to say is like. Don't throw cards away. I know people do that. It drives me crazy. I get it. Sometimes you need a proxy and just you want to write on it. Cool. I don't care about that. But like, if you're going to throw like a giant box of cards away, just donate them or something somewhere. Like, yeah, it's like, I mean, they may not be useful to you, but a lot of these cheaper cards, these crappy cards that are bulk do have a purpose and they do bring joy to some other people. So, um, I mean, hell, if you're getting rid of a, a giant coffee box full of paper, full of uh, bulk, let me know, man. I will come and take that off your hands. 
Yeah, like you know, may, like you can either give it to your local game store, and they can just you know they can deal with all the effort of sorting it and all that stuff. And yeah, like our our LGS, what they do actually with their bulk is they um, for a while, once a week, two of their employees they'd sorted everything, and then they sorted all that by playsets, and then they actually used it to make intro commander decks for people. Which is awesome. I've seen them have those there, and I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, and they actually sell them at a pretty reasonable pay, like pace, yeah. right? Because it's like... None of like, stuff's good. <laughs> no, they're not good. Like, the commanders aren't great. The cards in them aren't great. But, you know, it's like five bucks for a quotations commander deck that, you know kitchen table people come in and they bring them and then they you know they use that to modify them and stuff i mean sometimes you just need a starting point and i think things like that are super super awesome like and and it's one of those things that's good for everybody because because you're getting rid of your bulk the store is making money you know they're selling stuff and casual people are being able to buy into something and play play magic for a lower cost like it's just it's just such a win-win for everybody that I think it's awesome. Yeah, and I mean like that's some just something that a lot of people need is just, you know, like that stepping point of like, you know, yep. a brand new magic player isn't necessarily going to have the cards needed to make a commander deck. Oh yeah. Like it's very easy for, you know, someone who's brand new to literally just not have enough red cards. I mean, but, to be f- to be fair, when I made my first commander deck, I had been playing for a while and I didn't have the cards to make it. To make a commander deck <laughs> and this is you know, even like you know good commander decks no this is just about, like right? one that like one like putting enough cards in a deck to make a commander deck yeah it's just it's not easy for some people even for even someone who does play a lot so you know having like that little springboard to have be like you know yeah you know the cards that they're getting in their five dollar commander deck aren't good but they usually have some sort of cohesive theme to them and they can build yeah. off of that and good and good is not the same as fun. No. They just need to be fun, and that's what it is. So there's that, but Alright. So um the next piece in this whole kind of giant puzzle that I want to talk about is tracking cards. Um and if there's ever like sorting cards is kind of a pain. I think the tracking piece is harder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like this requires you to go outside of just looking at the cards. Yeah, and that make that can make it tough. Um so again this comes down to basically what your goals are. If you're if you know if you're doing something like John, I mean you just have your playsets tracked, right? Yes. I track I, I track everything I have in two sites. <laughs> so there's a spectrum here. I'm sure it's a spectrum I'm on. But um, <laughs> so like you can scale this as large as you need. I mean, depending on who you are, I mean, ha- a, just doing stuff from memory may be fine if you have a small enough collection. I mean, a notebook may be well good enough for you. Um, just writing stuff down where where you have cards and everything like that. One something like OneNote or a Word document on your computer could be fine. Um, I there's a, a ton of really good free tools out there to. Um, digitally track your magic collection and i would recommend using something like that um if you're focusing on collecting sets like i am um i use a site called mtg collection builder uh 
it's just mtgcollectionbuilder.com. And that's just, it's a free site. And basically it's designed to track um, entire sets of stuff. Um, and you can put in, uh, you just have, it's basically it's like a spreadsheet. You just click a plus button on and you can add cards to a, a, a set and everything like that. So it's really easy to see that I, well, I've connected, you know, 80% of Magic 2013, you know, or something like that. Um, and there's some sorting, there's a few sorting options and things like that. Um, it gives you the options of just like of clicking a button and it will add all the cards you need from a set to a cart on like TCG player or something like that. Um, the thing is, it's not designed for deck building and it's really terrible at like, if I'm like, well, how many cryptic commands do I have, you know? And they're spread across four, you know, three sets or something like that. Um, it, it does a terrible job of tracking things like that. Um, so um, if you're into like selling cards or, tra- or finance and stuff like that, MTG price is really good. Um, I've mostly just experimented with that. I haven't really used that site for selling or anything like that, but I've heard it's really good from people. Um, MTG price was what I used as my first method of keeping track of my collection. Um, that was when it was more just a curiosity thing for me because I was I was legitimately curious as to the actual value of all of my playsets. Um, yeah. My problem with it was it it was also like it listed all the cards in alphabetical order, but it would only load up so many of them. And the yeah. only way to search for a specific card was awkwardly to... You had to basically add another one to your collection. And I wasn't a fan of that. It's... The site is not designed for tracking a collection. The site is designed for tracking value of cards you plan on selling and stuff like yeah. that. Like, and it like, does like, that very well. Yeah, it was really interesting like to see like the fluctuation in prices and stuff on that too, as yeah. you know, like yeah. you know, random things spiked and other things plummeted and blah 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 blah. And like you know, obviously on a large enough scale all it didn't it wasn't like I'm seeing like these massive up and downs in the value. It came of out in the wash eventually. <laughs> yeah, it all it all is really a wash because that's just what happens in magic. But, mm. you know, it I appreciated it, but it was it didn't do what yeah. I needed it to do. Yeah. So the site that we both kind of came down on eventually is uh, deckbox.org. Yeah. Um, and that site, it's it's a um, it's primarily focused more towards uh, like cataloging decks, um, and and it catalog your entire inventory it doesn't have some of the nice like collection management tools that um mtg collection builder has for free um deckbox has has a free version and then a premium version um i did use the premium version for i think i did a trial of it um and if you're doing collection stuff that's possibly worth it um i plan on picking up a, a like a month of premium and then doing all my catalog and then and then dropping it again <laughs> um but because i got a bunch of sets i need to catalog in there because i'm behind but um that's that's our go-to one by far um the the thing i really like about it is, is you can build uh you can put your deck lists into into it um and also track which cards you own in the set so it'll tell you how many you're missing f- 
for a deck or um and and things like that which is really helpful when i'm like okay i have this deck and i built it and i'm like john i need to borrow these cards from you mm-hmm. yeah i i exclusively use i don't build decks and deck box i exclusively use it for the collection tracking aspect but it's very good in that regard because it actually has a search function where i can look and see you know you know i have one of each i have four different cryptic commands and mm-hmm. i have one of each in my collection and i can yep. literally just you know search cryptic command and all four will pop up so like um yep. i used to go with the memory option for keeping track of my cards and it got to the point where i don't it remember it just gets too big I bought something, and it wound up being like an entire third playset of a card I already had two playsets of. I was like, yeah. "All right, this is getting a little excessive. I don't need, you know, this, you know, extra set of whatever random card it was. I need to. I need an easy way to keep track of this. And deck box yeah. is that option for me. So yeah, being able to put everything in, and then it's like, so like I have my old Blue Moon list up here, something like that. So it's like I can see the cards that I don't have. I can see the cards that I do have, how many I have in the deck, and how many I have total. So, like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, Serum Visions. Okay, I have four in the deck and I have se- I own seven Serum Visions. And if I just click on that, it shows that I have three from the Modern Master set, two promos, and two uh, Dark Steel. You know, and, and you can look at that really quick and y- you can track foils and various other things with it too. So you can see at a quick glance what you have in uh, what you have available for for that deck because you know sometimes we want to bling on our decks mm-hmm. <laughs> and just knowing that um the one thing it doesn't have is like a location tracking with it so if i have two decks that are running so let's say i own you know i own four of a specific dual land of some sort um you know i own well now I'm just, now now my poor little brain is just collapsing in on itself. I think you're um, going a little too off the deep end with this analogy. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah. Um. So I own four polluted deltas. There we are. Um. So I own four polluted deltas. I have multiple decks that run all four polluted deltas. Mm-hmm. Um. So it doesn't like subtract or add or anything from that. It's not. It's not saying oh you have X amount in this deck right now versus this. And there are systems that will do that. If you need to get that detailed, you're probably going to be paying money, and yeah. you're you're going to have to kind of go research and see which systems work for you. But so that's where I was getting with my long-winded thing, John, because you know I can't be can't just say something in a regular way. Just took a little while to get there. You know, it's the journey that matters. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so this is tangentially collection related, but um, the last. Uh, it, it kind of it works with it. The last thing I just want to talk about in regards to collections and how to organize it all and stuff is trading. Um, if you are trading cards in and out of your collection, that creates some hurdles. Um, I do not add any of the cards in my trade binder to my deck box collection Same. because I don't want to be because I don't want to be removing things from it. Um, it just becomes too much of a hassle. And deck box is designed to be to do trading and stuff like that. Man, it's just it's just not worth my time to keep track of those transactions. If you're somebody who really cares about that, though, it may be something you want to watch. Um, but just be... You're going to have to track track all those transactions then and make sure you're keeping stuff up to date because the system's only as useful as 
the data that you have in it. By the by, the way, I work in IT as my day job, so not that any of that sounds like it makes sense with this whole thing. But um, no, no. So, oh, sorry. My my whole thing in regards to like using an online tracker for your training purposes is like it's it's used as a way of someone being like, oh, do you have this for trade? And then you can look it up and see if you have it for trade, right? Yeah. But why not? Like either it makes so much more sense. To just pull out your trade binder, yeah, and flip to whatever section it is that that card would be in. Like mm-hmm. you have to be trading on such a large scale to require a what literally amounts to a spreadsheet for the purpose of trading. That yep. it just it's not something that most people are ever going to be involved in. I've only ever seen one person who yep. actually did it. In, but they like, they did it a lot. Yeah, like he like he literally had a laptop of his entire trade collection listed on it in a spreadsheet because he couldn't find a site that did what it needed to do, so he made yep. his own spreadsheet for it. And he had yep. an actual duffel bag full of trade binders. Yep. And, and and like I think I think if I remember the spreadsheet tracked which binder it was in and everything like that too. Yes. Like, like it was very it was very detailed. And he was very organized when you needed to do that stuff. Yeah, like it was super. E- it was super easy. If you ever needed something from him, he could get to it. But you know, he did this because trading with him was basically done at a premium. Yeah. Right. Like you know, most people. It was. Would... It, was a, it was a business thing to some degree for yes, him. Yes, it, it was very much a business thing for him, and even he gave up after a while because it just wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah. Like I think he did it for like four months or something like that. Uh huh. But and yeah. he he realized that you know like yeah he's technically you know he's i don't want to say he's making money because that's not really what he was doing but he was increasing the value of his collection doing the yeah. way it, the way he was doing but he found out that the work just wasn't worth it after a point oh yeah yeah and i think some of the stuff you just have to kind of enjoy it too and stuff like yeah. if i mean if you like being the dealer like more power to you yeah it, like but, I don't you know it's like want to do it. yeah yeah so um the one other thing I want to get into with trading is uh, physically organizing your trades. All right, I think I think the vast majority of people have a trade binder. Yes. Okay. Some have a so, trade box, which is also horrifying. I'm I'm not as big on the trade boxes. I like the trade binder. That's the one thing I will use a binder for. My trade binder is really small, but um, uh, because I just don't get enough value most of the time to trade stuff away. Um, and I, I keep most of it. it. Yeah, that is true because I have a dealer. Um, <laughs> but um, organize your trade binder in a sensible manner so that people have at least some clue what's going on. Mine is borderline sensible because um, I think I, the way I have mine right now is my first page is my bling that I show off people to catch people's attention to see if they want to get it. Um, and then I go standard sets by color and then I have valuable cards that are not in standard by color. And then at the back is random stuff that I, tr- I will trade, which are a couple like random foils of stuff that aren't like valuable, but I know people sometimes grab. Um, and then I have like a bunch of signed cards that I got that I'm willing to trade away, but very, I don't think anyone's ever taken me up on that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then this is the most important part. So the very last page of my trade binder and I tell people this right away when they start looking through my trade binder. 
is the last page is where I put stuff that is not for trade. <laughs> yep. So if you are trading with people, do not put crap that you will not trade inside your trade binder. That Differ- that is the most in some way. Yeah, differentiate in some way. Don't mix it in with your stuff because that is the absolute most infuriating thing in the world. I knew somebody who who put their card a card they wouldn't trade. They put upside down in the trade binder. That's fine too. Like yeah. differentiating in some way. Like, but like there is nothing more infuriating than going through somebody's trade binder and being like, oh, I'd like this, and they're like, oh no, that's not for trade. Like, okay, flip, flip, flip. Oh, how about this? No, no, I'm not. I don't want to trade that. The thing I've never understood about people uh. who do that is like, it makes no like I under I get it right where like you know you get a brand new card and you just you don't have anywhere to put it right, so you put it in your binder, but the you put when, it, the, I, uh, when those yeah. cards stay there for weeks and weeks, if not forever, till they decide they do actually want to trade it, it's like I have two little deck boxes that I carry with me at all times that yep. are full of cards that one is for cards that I've acquired recently that need to go in my trade binder. One is for cards that are not for trade. Yeah. And I, I actually used to keep cards that weren't for trade in the back of my trade binder. It was play sets yep. I was building towards. I stopped doing that because I, you know, I just got tired of people flipping to the back and being like, Oh, I would like this. And I'm like, well, actually that's not for trade. Even though it was like all these cards are kept in the back behind a bunch of other stuff that yeah. you know like they're specifically kept separate people still would think they're for trade like most of the time like i would still trade this stuff away if if it was for a good enough thing but it just it wasn't worth jumping through the hurdles as it were yeah. so i've completely taken all those cards out of the binder like it's just like i said it's not worth the hassle anymore so now it's like instead what i have is like i have my um non-rare foils my lands, my multicolor, then I go through the color wheel, then I have my artifacts, and I have my planeswalkers, and then I have the oversized commander cards. Yep. And then behind those, I'm currently keeping my masterpiece collection because I needed a way, like, they started to bend in the box I was keeping them in because, you know, we live in a human world. So mm-hmm. I needed some way to, like, of weight to, like, keep them separate. And the one good thing about them is they're naturally so freaking expensive that no one wants to trade for them, so I never have Funny. anyone ask about them. You're actually the first person who's ever looked at them and then asked about any of them being for trade. Really? Yeah. Funny. I could never afford them, but I still would go for it. Yeah. Like, well, you're, and, and, you like bling, so. Yeah. And, and that's what I say. Like Before anyone opens my trade binder, like before they even look at the first page of it, I say the last page is not for trade. Yeah. Like I just I just throw it there. And a lot of times I don't even remember if I have anything on that page. But I just say it. It's just ingrained in your muscle memory at this point well, to ask that to bring that exactly, up. Exactly, so. yeah. Well it's like if somebody would have looked at it um uh yesterday at the unstable event, I had my spike board there. So yep. <laughs> I mean, like if they'd have looked at it and I would have forgot to say that, it was like Jace, Jason, Mind Sculptors, and Wheel of Fortune, and uh, Demonic Tutor, and or not Mind yeah, Twist, like Mind Twist, Free Mind Twist, um, like a <laughs> bunch of other like just band, like old band cards and stuff like that. They also have been like really weird, but you know, like so I just don't even I just if and like when I get a promo or something like that, that's where it goes. Boom, right in that back page, and I don't even mess with it. Yep. 
and I'll, and that's just kind of a like here, here's the here's the life lesson for anything it's like a lot of this stuff you can just deal with with just a tiny bit of planning yep like it's something very simple like just to do something like that or you know have your deck boxes or you know anything like that just having a, a really quick system in your head like and you can develop that really quick and just be consistent and it's super super simple yeah, but it makes your I, life easier, yeah. and it makes life easier for the people who are, you know, trying to trade with you, right? Yeah. Like, the, go the goal of trading isn't to get the cards you need and get rid of cards you don't need. The goal of trading is to build a rapport with people so you can trade with them again in the future. There's a lot of truth to that, yes. That's... Like... So mm -hmm. trying to make life easier for everyone involved is beneficial for you because it just, you know, it just makes life easier in the future in regards to wanting to trade again. Like, you know, I, I've yeah. traded with people like, you know, hundred dollar trades back and forth. And when it was all said and done, I thought to myself, I am never trading with this person ever again. Yep. Because it was like, just miserable. I think there's been literally a time I watched you start trading with somebody and you're like, I'd like this. And they're like, oh, it's not for trade. And I think you did that like three or four times and you just close the binder and head it back to them. Mm. Like, you're just like, I'm done. I'm just like, yeah, it, I'm not going through. You're this like, anymore. I want this. I want this card that you are like, you know, I, I, it's just like, it's just not worth my time. Like, yeah, because it's so frustrating, you know, and that's, yeah, that's, uh, that is something that always just tilts me off. So that's, that's yeah. my own little thing. And I mean, I'm someone who I actually really enjoy the aspect of trading, right? You do, like, yeah. I actually, you're, you're, I, a, you're a good person to trade with, too. Yeah, like, I, I will almost always trade for value if I need to. Uh -huh. I, and, like, it's, it's kind of getting to the point where there's very few cards I personally need. So I don't <laughs> like, but, like, if someone wants something out of my binder and they have anything that's actually worth trading for, I will still try and trade with them, right? Yep. Like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna trade for a bunch of you know ten cent rares and stuff yeah. just because they really want this card. You're not gonna trade binder. them a Jace the Mind Sculptor for a, for a giant stack of bulk. No, but you know, like <laughs> as long as they are, they understand like how the trade goes, right? Like, yeah. I, if someone honestly thinks that I should try and find value in their binder for the playset of fetch lands that I have for trade when their binder is full of bulk rares, not trying to be mean, they're kind of delusional. Yeah. Like, I mean, pe people need to understand, you know, like there has to be some equity going on in the actual trade, but I am almost always willing to find a way if they have anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen you throw bones to people before like that, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's just that man. We can almost just do an episode on trading. We probably could. So maybe we <laughs> maybe we don't want to talk about it too much. I feel I feel like that that don't put shit you're not going to trade in your binder is another hill that we will fortify with the bodies of our fallen enemies. Like yeah, <laughs> that one drives me up a wall probably more than it does you. But I don't know. I think we um uh, we kind of hit the stuff that I really wanted to hit today and just give a quick quick overview of everything. I know this was pretty riveting and exciting um so <laughs> yeah i mean we still we still had our obligatory story time with john moments and we had our i mean that's why we started the podcast so <laughs> yeah we still have our actual you know value that people can take from this so i mean i know a lot of people a lot of the stuff we talk about is stuff a lot of people already know but just because someone knows it doesn't mean they follow it 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes just being reminded of it is good for people. And, you know, ideally there are some people who don't necessarily know who actually get value out of listening to us babble every week. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, otherwise we'd love the sounds of our own voice. But we're not sick. Yeah, we're sick right now, so it's probably terrible. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah, do you have anything else before we close up shop, John? Uh, I, th- I am once again good. You're good. You're good. All right. Yep. <laughs> okay so if you want to shoot us some feedback you can um, uh, send us an email at the local meta uh, to the local meta at gmail.com uh, if you want to catch us on twitter we are at the local meta pc john we should yeah. both go and try to get well yes because i have a tournament i care about tomorrow oh yes you have the invitational tomorrow don't you yeah well, good luck at that, and by the time this is done, we'll know how that's all ended. So I hope you feel better, and um, uh, yeah, best of luck. Best of luck there. Let me know how you're you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate. I expect it. you to live tweet it. <laughs> live tweet it with my six followers. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I guess then we will catch you next time. See ya.